That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Good evening, y'all. <laughs> you nervous to do this? A little bit. Nah, nothing to be nervous about. You're being nervous. What's today? You're being weird. March 22nd? I'm being weird? Yeah. March 22nd? You're a little weird on me right now. I don't know why. What do you mean? I feel like I have this weird feeling. I don't know. I Hopefully hopefully this audio isn't... I don't want the tools to move it around. It'll probably be... To move it? You're talking more than 20 minutes? Yeah, probably. Hour? Yeah, probably. You can bring it. Yeah, no worries. We'll have I'll, to get I'll up together. <laughs> no, no worries. I'll do it. I'll, I'll bring it out. I'll okay. bring the tools out. They're just not here, so I didn't know how long you're going to be. No, nah, no worries. So it's, all, it's all good. Whatever works. I'm trying to make it so that you're... Uh, so it'll last. Yeah, uninterrupted. Got it, got it. It's already come, too late. You can come interrupt. You're good. already interrupting. <laughs> so today is March 22nd. Um, we're amid the whole coronavirus outbreak pandemic. Sweeping the world by storm. Um, a lot of rumors f- swirling around, but we're still getting things done in our daily lives. So I'm here with Rachel. Uh, Rachel is a, what do you do again? Tax accounting? Um, I do financial accounting. Financial accounting mm-hmm. for a bank? Uh, actually, it's a local credit union. A local credit union. There's and, a but that's what she does and uh, she is a veteran so thank you for your service you're welcome thank you were in the united states army i was how many years did you serve um so was that my whole introduction pretty much i don't know this is like i said i'm trying i try to make this as like comfortable and normal as possible okay, so I okay so i just want to be like you know I want my little saying, like, Go did you ever it. listen to The Breakfast Club? No. No? So it's like a hip-hop radio station. Oh, yeah, I think, okay, I've seen yeah, a Yeah, so episodes. like Charlemagne, like in the mornings, like they'll play like a little Nirvana clip, and then he'll be like, yo, 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 and he tells it like super fucking quick, and then he's like, you know, peace to the planet, it's Sunday, blah, 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 so, you know, I just wanted to do that. Okay, go for it, go for it. <laughs> I just did yours. it, I just did it, that was it. <laughs> That's your intro? That's my intro. My intro is, howdy, y'all, good evening, y'all. You have the same intro. Who? You. I know, every time. Okay, that's I cool. see you're saying, that's what, cool. I gotta change it up? You gotta change it up sometimes. Yeah. So what's up? How's life been? It's going good. It's chilling. We're, uh, you know, officially on, not officially on house arrest, but we're on house arrest. What'd your company tell you? Um, Nothing yet. We're still, like, in limbo. So you're still going to work on Monday? Still going to work. Yep. Yeah. So our damn. branches... We've got, I think, maybe 63 branches. So now, officially, those lobbies are going to close. Um, maybe appointment only might come in for, like, mortgage signings. But the drive through is the only thing that's going to be open now. Mm. So at least members can get their cash or make their transfers or do whatever, you know. I mean, we do have the technology, right, for, like, the ETMs that can do a majority of the stuff if you don't want to use the app or the computer. But, of course, people don't kind of want to get out their bubble and want to have that, you know, person-on-person contact. So at least the branches, drive throughs will be open and yeah. they can do what they need to do. 
Interesting. You guys yeah. have all online stuff or no? Um, it just depends. It just depends. Um, you can do a majority of stuff now, and usually, like with the mortgage and with the consumer lending stuff, now they're making it more virtual, so that way you can do your online signing and don't have to come in. So they're they're getting that way. I gotcha. Um, so right now we have people that are working home from remote, um, and then they're working they're working at home working remotely. at home remotely. Yes, from laptops. Gotcha. Uh-huh. So we've got a bunch of laptops that are on back order. So it's just going to uh, depend on how fast we get those and how fast uh, IT can work to get all the programs that we need on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm in accounting. So we do, you know, everybody does different stuff in their department. So we use different programs and there's different verification and um, like tickets that have to be placed to get those programs in place. And I you have know, a laptop? So I do not. I do not. So this is going to be... How do you not have a laptop? Well, I mean, I have a personal one. I have a Mac. Yeah, you have one for right. yourself. Yes, for myself, oh, but not for say. work. What, but you not living for in work. the 80s or what? Oh, my gosh. No, I have a Mac, guy. I have a Mac, but my um, but the company uses more Microsoft PC, right? and PCs, so that's not going to work. For are they I mean. buying laptops? I believe they are. Holy yeah. crap. So as of Friday, we, we have IT, right? And we have IT that are going to be dedicated to solely to different departments. So our IT guy said that they were sending 200 reps that work in consumer lending, sending them home, and then 100 reps from mortgage, sending them home. Mm. And it's crazy because I didn't even think we had that many reps. Uh, But yet, like, our finance team is so small. So it's just crazy. It's thinking, like, well, how come we don't have laptops? But I guess it's just going to be a learning curve for the company going forward. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It's interesting because um, even though this is unforeseen and um, not something that, like, it's going to cause a lot of pain and suffering for a lot of people. It's going to cause, you know, lost jobs. It's going to cause um, a lot of back, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, holdups in business and all this. Mm-hmm. But through this, there's going to be a lot of, if the companies take the right steps and look at it the right way, there's going to be a lot of learning that happens. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's going to show if um, moving companies to be remote is a viable option in the future. Because I have like friends who work for companies, mm-hmm. and they're not remote. They go in office. But now they're going remote. Yeah. And they're able to do everything that they were doing in the office remotely. So it kind of is like... Does it even make sense for the future of business to even have offices or is it time to just say working remotely from home is just as viable as having offices? Let's cut all of our overhead in having offices and just move businesses to complete online. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. And I think it probably is going to depend on the business as well. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, with the credit union, we have certain people that do certain tasks. So, you know, we've got to order cash for the branches. We've got to send money out to the Fed for cash, for mortgage purchases, for, for wires that are coming in and out. So it's just different things. So, yeah, it's going to be a learning curve to see you know, since we have the capability of online, what can we do? So let me see with you. So for your business and your position, Mm -hmm. is it necessary at all to be in the office? I don't think so. Realistically. Realistically, no. I don't think it is. There's like no point. There's no point. So it's going to show that a lot of jobs can be done from home. Yep. And I think after this, I think um, our finance team 
is going to have laptops after this mm. because in case this goes down again at least we're going to be prepared yeah so so how has yeah. this affected you at all not really i, I huh? really i don't really see any anything um i mean i think it's kind of cool i guess this whole thing fucking sucks yeah. but but i think it's cool because i haven't been in an atmosphere where it's been like this like you know mm. like you see the history books where you know you had the great depression or you had world war one you had world war two and times were hard you know so this isn't anything compared to that but i think this is kind of cool to see you know like like it's what's, not, what's really going to happen here it's not what's it's gonna not be the essentially it's not necessarily cool well, that not it's happening. Well, not cool. I mean, no, it's not cool that it's happening. But, but, but to be able to live through to it live and through see it. And see it, exactly. It's because for us, correct? I mean, we, learned, we lived through the 2008 financial crisis, and that's probably nothing compared to the Great Depression, but it's a different time. So, you know, it's just going through it. So where were you in during the financial crisis? Dude, I was, um, I was in the military. How many years were you in? I was in for eight years. Did it? Oh, no, sorry. How many years were you in when the financial crisis happened? A few years. Okay. So maybe maybe five. Were you in the U.S. or overseas? I think we were just coming back from overseas. So when we were coming here to Texas, and I don't think Texas was hit as bad as compared to the other states in the nation. Okay. So we didn't really feel it. What did you see um, news-wise that you can remember? Because, like, you know, like, okay, there's all this... There's always conspiracy theories about media outlets and everything and fear-mongering and, and what certain media outlets, whether you're right-wing or left-wing or uh, whether you have an agenda, people believe, right? That And I think it, it has um, merit to believe these certain things, but like the media is trying to pump this news and this news. What was the news coming out during the times of the financial crisis? Like, was it like... This is the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I, I honestly don't even really remember. Mm. Um, I was in South Korea at this time, and I just remember seeing, of course, it's always big news that stocks are up and down, and what is the Dow doing, and what is the index doing. I remember seeing that. Um, and before that was what, Katrina? I don't remember. One of the big hurricanes was before that. Okay. So I remember seeing how high the water was. Um, I remember seeing the devastation of the, the hurricane and then going into the crisis, it was um, people are losing their jobs. Yeah. People are losing their houses and um, seeing that the top were giving out loans to a lot of people when a lot of people couldn't afford these homes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that was just kind of like the tip of it. but. That's pretty much what I remember. Okay. Yeah. But news-wise... But news-wise, I, I don't even recall. You know, I wonder if that's... My assumption is that's because we have never had a global crisis to this magnitude mm -hmm. with paired with the ability to spread information and share information online and the ability for us to get news from different news sources and such. So, like, for example, the swine flu, when that happened, when was that, 2000-something? I have Early 2000s? I don't even remember. One of the, either it was the Spanish flu, bird flu, I don't know, one of those, the early 2000s. Um, but I don't think we had the availability of the information we do now. That we do now, right. And I right. think that's what's leading and causing a lot of the... Uh, chaos. Yeah, the Some chaos, of the chaos, right. For sure. Yeah. Like, I've been asked, a couple of friends asked me, like, what do you think the whole toilet paper being gone is from? 
Fear. Yeah, but I don't think. I just, fear I just think what, it's fear. Right? It's just the but, fear that of the unknown, and that's the most cheapest thing that you can buy is toilet paper. Mm. So I think that's just what it is. It's just fear. I think it's just human. Maybe that's right, but I think it's just human nature to follow those who look like they're doing something that makes that um following humans that look like they're taking action and they know something so this is my assumption people started buying toilet paper one person said i heard you can have diarrhea from from if you get the coronavirus that's one of the symptoms oh shit i should buy toilet paper so they go buy a bunch of toilet paper then another person sees them buying toilet paper and they're like damn they're buying toilet paper they probably know something that i don't know <laughs> yeah there's probably going to be shortages yeah i can see that i should go buy some now two people bought it now there's another person. two people had toilet paper holy shit <laughs> i need to buy some toilet paper hey everybody yeah. these people are buying all the toilet paper you guys need to go buy some i think that's and then it's a domino effect. i think i th if you think about certain things that are like a necessity a 24 pack of toilet paper is going to last you about a month yep you're not going to go through a roll a day, right? Nope. But toilet paper is flying off the shelves like you're going through a 24-pack in a week. Yeah. Toilet paper, and that's, towels. And so, like, I can understand, right? Like, food, eggs. Some of that makes sense. Some. But toilet paper makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So I think that would be the re That's my assumption. But I got a bidet, so it doesn't matter. Nice. Get a bidet. Spray that stinky little tailpipe. <laughs> like uh, Howie Mandel, right? Does he use a bidet? Yeah. Oh, does he advocate it? I'm not sure. But, you know, he was, um, they interviewed him on The View. I watched, I listened to The View at work just for the Hot Topics. And they were interviewing him. You don't listen to Papa's Corner? What the fuck? No, I do listen to that too. Right, but there good, hasn't good, been good. a new one. Oh, so yeah, hey, you're right, you're right. I <laughs> listen, calm down. I listen to a variety of things. All right, good, so, good, good. Interviewing him, right? And he's at his house, and they were kind of like, you know, because everybody's kind of thought, you know, Howie Mandel's kind of different. Like, you don't want to mm -hmm. touch hands, you don't want to touch elbows, which the elbows thing kind of makes sense, right? Like, why touch elbows? Because when you sneeze, technically, you're kind of going into your elbow. Ah, but you're not touching the inside of your elbow. You're touching I know, the but still, yeah, the germs are in so there. So I think area. we need to start like dabbing feet or something. Okay, feet. feet. Hey, what's yep, up? There we what's go. Up? No, there other go. foot. Oh, you other foot. Yeah, awesome. what's okay. up? Yep, there what's we go. Up? What's up? That's what we're going to start doing, y'all. <laughs> so, so you go right foot, right foot when you're facing each other. You touch right feet, right feet, and yep. then you bring it down. So yep. touch right feet, bam. And then bam. you go left feet, yep. bam. Yep. That's how you dab up now. Yep. So, because uh, he's a germaphobic, you know, and okay. so they were like, you know, maybe you've been onto something this whole time, mm. and now you look smart, and now people aren't thinking like you're weird anymore, yeah, you yeah. know, so, and he just kind of laughed about it, and they showed a picture of him and going into um, the studio, and he had like a hazmat suit on and with a mask, and, yeah. you know, so it's just kind of, just kind of different. Just like, huh? Okay. I was I was talking to some friends yesterday about uh, the topic of like, you know how all like they say right, all these things happen. Um, so like, if you look like, I don't know anything about the Bible, but I guess if you look in the Bible, it talks about like diseases, mm -hmm. fires, uh, locusts, bug swarms, and all this stuff. And so there are some people who are thinking like, oh, God is coming. You know, the Bible's coming time. true. Yeah. Because all this is happening, um, like seemingly at the same time, right? You got the Australian fires, you got COVID nineteen, you got the locust swarms in Africa. You've heard about that? Yes. I'm curious. 
as to whether are we close are we close or was that written in the in the bible because that has been observed throughout history so like i'm curious as to which came first the bible and then the events or in history Mm -hmm. it always happens that there are wildfires diseases and locusts and whatever else you know yeah and so that was recorded in the bible because that's been observed so much so it seems like oh this is coming true or is it something's happened and the bible highlighting what always happens throughout history it's just something that i wonder which one was first exactly so in other news other news other news you other news we've talked about about world news COVID 19 you know states going on lockdown san francisco was telling me that um and y'all listen i'm no um people who are listening i'm no genius even though if you listen to the podcast the last podcast i did with jr late or Mm mid-february i talked about this okay about the financial the world uh economy being destroyed mm-hmm. i wish i had shorted the stock market because <laughs> because I, I talked i told jr it's gonna lead to an economic downturn all this stuff before it started going down which is interesting i'm no genius Just, this is bro science you bro know science okay um, science. yeah you should have shorted your stocks but um i've heard my cousin was telling me that he because so my cousin lives in san francisco they were out uh, him and his friend were like at a they 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 were at on like a street and they could see a park mm-hmm. and i guess people were getting uh tickets written on to them for being outside oh shit misdemeanors damn that sucks it's happening in san francisco so it's only like a matter of time before it happens in other places yeah but um that's the world news let's talk about what's going on in world all right world news okay just completed 26 miles 26.2 yep don't forget the point two it's very point two. important with 35 pounds on your back yep that was one third of my body weight one third one holy third, shit talk about it's fucking heavy 35 pounds yes so you weigh about 105 pounds is what you're saying um about 110 right around one third you did this um so if anybody doesn't know, I'll let Rachel explain. What were you going to do? What happened? And how did you go about completing the task at hand? Okay, so, you know, we go to Kamal Active, right? And I know, yes. I worked there. Okay. Oh, what? <laughs> you worked there? What? Sometimes. What? Okay. Sometimes. All right, yeah. I mean, I'm just kidding. no wonder why the chalk is always empty. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. Um, yeah, so I decided to do the women's challenge, and um, my challenge for, I mean, we had the 10 crucibles, you pick from the list of 10 things that, that are hard, um, 10 things that can also help you with your event for the watershed, and I chose to do the Batan Memorial Death March, and that's in New Mexico, and I'm from New Mexico, I didn't get that entry, but anyways, um, so... What, that entry... You're supposed to be like, oh, it's my friend Rachel. She's from New Mexico. Oh, oh the, blah, the blah, blah, introduction. Yeah. Oh, People shoot. don't know who I am, but okay, it's okay. Let's, let's it's okay. So it's okay. Th- no, 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 no. It's all right. It's all right. Let's just go with it. No, <laughs> my friend Rachel, she is a veteran. She works for a credit union. She is from New Mexico. Um, she served in the, the Army. U.S. Army. And she has done tours overseas. 
So please welcome my friend, Rachel Range. Hello, everybody. <laughs> on the late show here, Julian. Okay, so go ahead. All so. right, so, uh, <clears throat> no, anyway, so the event's held in New Mexico. Um, it's uh, right outside Las Cruces at the Missile Range. So White Sands, correct. White Sands, yes. So, um, so World War II, there, um, we had soldiers that were forced to march, either for, you know, for their death and... Um, we had a lot of people that came from New Mexico from that community that went to serve and then those men did not come back. So somebody said, hey, you know, let's honor these men and come up with an event to honor them. So this event's been going on for, I don't know, 33 years. It's been going on for a while. So um, yes, it's in the high desert. So you can do the 14 miles or do the 26.2. You can do lightweight, which is whatever weight you want. There's no specific weight. Um, and then you can do the heavy division. So I chose to do the heavy division so I could do that for my water challenge. Whoa, the, so heavy division. the heavy division. So, and it was going to be cool. It was going to be so cool. I was looking forward to it. My yeah. stepmom was also going to do it. So she was going to do the light version and do the half. And um, yeah, I'm going to go full battle yeah. and, and do the full and yeah. do the heavy. You know, it's funny is that my dad had asked me right before I signed up. He goes, uh, so are you going to do the half? And I just kind of laughed and I'm like, no, why would I do that? You know, like that's not a challenge. And um, I'm like, no, if I'm going to go all this way, I'm going all out. Right. Because I don't want to have any regrets. I mean, yeah. and I want to see how far I can push myself. Absolutely. So, and luckily um, the gym has the ruck season in the first half of the year. So it just thought, I just thought, you know what, this is gonna work out perfectly. So I can do some training, um, also be with the tribe, also get support, mm -hmm. also lean on people that have done this before. So, um, so yeah, that's what I decided to do. And the event ended up getting canceled because of the virus. And uh, Oh, oh man, I was devastated. I'm gonna be honest. I cried. I cried like a baby. Oh. And my husband is just like, "What's wrong with you?" You know. Uh -huh. And and it, and I was heartbroken because I had my heart set on this. I trained for this, yeah. you know, and I put myself out there. Like rucking is hard. This shit is hard. It is no joke. And mm -hmm. and I stopped crossfitting so I could ruck. I did more burn, I did more cardio workouts, just so, you know, I would still be active, but I was no longer lifting weights. Um, so, yeah, I had this plan in motion, um, training, and then it gets canceled. And then the next day, Brandon's texting me like, hey, the San Antonio Ruck Club is gonna get together and they're gonna do this event, but here in San Antonio. So it's not the same thing, but at least I got to do it, you know? So, yeah, we ended up doing it last week. At where? Um, here in San Antonio. So we did it along Salado Creek. Mm -hmm. So we started here at 1604 Northwest Military yep. and then um, went down to Tobin Hill. So that area is like Northwest Military, you're going under 281 and then going to 410. And then we came back. Gosh dang. So do yeah. you know what the Bataan Death March was? It was in, in it was in the Philippines. And what was it? With the the soldiers, the prisoners of well, war, right? Prisoners of war, yes. The Japanese. It was the Japanese that had were in control at that time until the Americans came in, and then they were. Then and who were the were who were the Japanese? Um, who were the prisoners of war? What country? Um, were those? I believe the United States, Britain, and 
I don't know the other country. And the Japanese made the the prisoners of war walk, right? Yes. Miles and miles. Miles and miles, yes. How do you know how many? Any idea? I have no idea. I can and look a, it up. A ton. Yeah, you have your phone. Yeah. Google that real quick, just because I, I would like to get insight on. Obviously, this Bataan Death March is to honor them, but without actually knowing what they went through, I wonder, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, getting a, an idea of what they went through gives insight to um, the work that's put into this, and 26 miles is a, obviously a big feat, but it's a small feat compared to the um, those who lost their lives doing this, you know, this march, and, and why it's so important to honor them. So, 65 miles, they were forced to march, and it says approximately 75,000 Filipino and American troops. Were forced to walk? Yep. How many died? Is there anything on there about deaths? Mm. Yeah, this happened after Pearl Harbor. Um... I do not see it. That's okay. I don't see the number right now. But it's pretty significant, though. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't see a number. I think there were people who died on the walk, though. Or if they stopped. Oh, yeah, of course. If they yeah. stopped walking, they would just get shot. Oh, right yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's crazy. So how are you feeling? You pretty recovered? Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, finally, my sleep is back on schedule. I'm not sure why it like it got why it was off, but it's back on. Um, this weekend, I've been able to sleep till like 10:30, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've been like having I've been using sleep aids to help me sleep because I just I don't know I can't sleep, but no, I feel pretty good. Um, my feet are still a little tender, but I don't have any blisters. Thanks to these toe socks, like, and I actually got them on right now because they're comfortable. But um, no, I feel pretty good. My pack kind of rubbed me raw in some places, mm -hmm. so those little spots are healing. But other than that, I feel pretty good. Uh, I was off Monday and Tuesday from work, so I was able to like go into the gym and bike a little, do some yeah. mobility, and just move around. I thought that was important because good. learning from previous rucks, when I'm here, I soak in the tub. And then I don't do shit. I just lay here. And that's probably the worst thing you can do. Yep. You know, yep. so definitely Monday, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Because I knew that I pushed myself super hard. I carried carried the heaviest load I've ever carried. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to hit the gym. And, Good. Uh, you know, I hit the gym, right? And I go ahead and park. And I look. And here comes Gretchen, you know, shout out to Gretchen. And she looks at me and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, hey, girl, just, I don't know. I'm here to move, dude. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do, but I'm going to move. She's like, okay. And she's like looking at me. She's like, do you need me to carry you? And I'm like, no, just, <laughs> just give me a minute. You know, my legs are a little stiff, but uh -huh. and you know how it is. After you ruck, your legs just stiffen up. The back of my legs tend to like hurt like hell. Uh -huh. But, you know, just ended up. Just moving, you know, that's just yeah. important, just to get a move. So you just feel, hydrate. you feel at this point, it's been about a week, It's right? been a week, yeah. A week exactly. A week exactly. You did it last Sunday or last Saturday? Last Sunday. Last Sunday, so yeah. a week exactly. And you feel, for the most part, yeah, fully recovered. Good. Yep, sure Good, do. good. What'd you eat um, during the ruck? What were the things that you decided to snack on? What was the game plan going into it? Was there a game plan or was it kind of just like, walk till you're finished? Um... 
So because we've been doing training, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, learning what I have taken before. I didn't. I didn't eat anything new. Um, bananas apple like some little applesauce in those packets yeah mm -hmm. uh, pickles with pickle juice um dates lifesavers like the gummies mm -hmm. um tangerines and apple mm -hmm. stuff like that something that's you know carbs that are light and that'll just kind of have a little burst of energy for you and just yeah. keep going yeah and some electrolytes i got rib sticks from tommy choppa oh right on yeah so that Are helps with, with my water yeah so, how much yeah. water did you drink um i honestly don't know it, it wasn't a lot but not at once but yeah. i mean every few miles i'm making myself drink regardless if i'm thirsty or not and uh -huh. i'm eating regardless if i'm hungry or not because i know that my body's working and yeah. i know that i'm gonna need it down the line so i just try to keep that in my mind like you know what brandon bonzer's always saying you know if you're thirsty it's too late it's too late uh -huh. so just keeping that in mind just trying to prepare myself every few miles just taking in what i can so um uh what was that oh how long did it take you how many hours total so when we did 21 that was like what seven and a half hours or something yeah it was seven and some change but i think that we didn't pause our are like our stops okay i think that was just the entire thing so the entire thing how, so the uh, entire thing so on aj aj had his um garmin watch going and it said uh 838 was our time but aj was pausing at our stops okay so that way that wasn't being so 838 of total walking time yep for 26.22 miles 26.22 mm -hmm. and what oh, do you point two and what do you think um Total time was like what, maybe ten hours total? Yes. Yeah. Under ten. Oh, you guys did under ten. We did under ten. Nice. Yeah. It was dark when we started. <laughs> so we did it with the San Antonio Rut Club and it was only two of them. Yeah. Um and and they actually had another group going as well. And they were doing it at the Pearl, but they were doing the fourteen. Oh and, okay. Um the people Ken and there's a female, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but um they did the full one with us. And they were awesome. Mm. They were stepping it out. And we had told them from the beginning, hey, you know, like we're rookies. You know, me and Rebecca, this is our first year to do this. So we may not be as fast as you. And mm -hmm. that's okay, right? We're all here to do our own thing. But I just let them know, if you need to step it out, don't let us hold you back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So going there, I mean, they would do them and then they would wait for us. And we had had the conversation with them that we did the 21 miles previously on this trail. And we kind of got off track. So they would stay in certain places till we caught up so that way we, we can stay on the same path. Yeah. And then um, Ken's wife, she was a sweetheart. She showed up at our halfway point and she brought, you know, sandwiches, peanut butter and nice. jelly sandwiches. She brought baby wipes. She brought water. She brought fruit, you know, just for us to, yeah. you know, just kind of, you know, um, take a minute collect yourself, do what you need to do, and then roll out. So after that, we never saw them again. They were gone. And which is cool because we already knew the route. We yeah. already, mm -hmm. we've already come. Now all we gotta do is just go, go back. back. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that was cool. But they were moving, But huh? they were moving. Damn. And they waited for us. When That's we right got on. back to the spot, I saw them. they were there. When I was leaving, I saw them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when we got there, I'd asked them, like, dude, 
y'all y'all waited you know and at this point i'm just kind of tired you yeah, know I'm like uh-huh. you y'all waited for us and ken's like yeah he goes you know we we all started together and we know we all know that we're not going to finish together he's like i've been doing this a long time they've been doing this for five years he said so no i mean we're not going to leave you you know we don't leave men behind i just laughed i'm like okay okay Uh and i'm not sure if he was in the military i know he has kids in the military so you know that was cool and uh and it was awesome it was so awesome just to see them you know um and you know, he's cheering us on and just like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. You finished. And, you know, he takes a few steps and he turns and he looks at me and he said, uh, do you just realize what you just did? And for a moment, I teared up uh, for a moment. I was just so humbled. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, fuck. No, I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I just did it. Like, it just hit me. Like, I did it. I completed it. Like, oh shit. Like, this is... This is awesome. Yep. This is an awesome feeling. My goal is accomplished. Heck yeah. And then after that, I was like, okay, I got to sit down because my feet are hurting. You know, pass me a beer. And I just uh-huh. I just want to I just want to sit on the curb. That's it. Let me just sit on the curb. So that's cool. Were there ever times during this whole process of the actual march that you did on Sunday mm-hmm. that you felt like you couldn't do it? And be honest with me. I, my assumption is, knowing you, yeah. there was never a thought that you weren't that you were going to complete it, or that you weren't going to complete it. No, it might have been tiring and hard mentally. Yeah, but it's kind of just like I signed up for this. I know what I'm putting myself through. Yes. complete the task. Exactly, that's exactly it. Um, when we got, when we honestly, when we got to that halfway point, my feet hurt. Yeah, they hurt so bad, and. And I thought, why do my feet hurt right now? My feet aren't supposed to hurt right now. Like, I've done this before. My feet are not supposed to hurt until I hit 18 miles. That's when my feet should be hurting. But they were already pounding. And, uh, you know, when we did that 21-mile ruck, we we went through the same path. So we're going, and I'm like, Rebecca, look. It's our old halfway point. You know, uh, where, we you had, it. where we passed it and you kept going. Yeah. And I just thought, damn, how long is this going to keep going? Yeah. You know, and it was cool because we got to see the other side of it. Um, and then like the terrain, it's pavement. And then it kind of changes to like, it's, I don't know what to describe it, but it changes because it's damp and it's kind of like suey. So suey. Yeah, it's what is suey. That? Like what? it's like a sewer type. <laughs> like it's suey. It's ugly and it suey. stinks. And it's like it's somebody built a sidewalk. Okay. Yeah. So then you go past. So you're walking through the sewer. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but then it's a man-made sidewalk. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just weird. Like it feels weird on your weird on your feet. Uh-huh. Um, and then finally we get past that point, and now we're back on a trail. Ah, I gotcha. And then it's like, okay, well. Now I know I've got to get back on this thing. We've already been here, you know? Yeah. Um, and then before the area, we you know, where we kind of got lost at around McAllister. Remember, we were at the stop sign, mm-hmm. and we were supposed to go right, but we're, we went straight. No, we were supposed to go. We were supposed to go right. We went straight, remember? And we went underneath. Yeah, but we were supposed pass. to go. Oh, okay. In my head, we were supposed to go straight, but we went left. But that's the same thing. Yeah, you're same saying thing. we went. We're just wired differently. Yeah, <laughs> so gotcha. we think of it differently. Yes. So at that point, actually, no, it was before that. Like it's it's road and uh, and I had told Rebecca like, hey, uh, I'm gonna need my music. I'm gonna have to turn music on because I was getting tired. Get in your zone. I was, I was like, I need to get in a zone because 
I need to go somewhere. Yeah. Like mentally, like yeah. I need to mm-hmm. go somewhere. So that's what I did, dude. I threw on my gangster rap. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm stepping it out. So, and, and it was cool. Like I'm gonna step it out and I'm gonna wait and stretch my stretch my feet, you know, because your feet start cramping up. Yep. So that's pretty much what I did the entire route. And then, uh, so we're going, right? We're coming back and uh, we're under 281, like where you see the IBC bank and then that. So you were already halfway at that So we're already halfway. Or actually, yeah, we're already halfway. And um, yeah, you're coming under 281 and then it starts curving. And then I'm like, hey guys, you know, like we're doing great. I'm like, Rebecca, you're doing great. You know, we got this, we're going. And we, I zone out and then I look and I see you. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. Thank you for showing up. Heck yeah. That means so much, Julian. Cool, cool. And uh, I see you and I and I just I just fucking woke up. I was in a daze. I was uh. just in a daze and I just I'm just going and I wake up and I'm like, Oh my god, it's Julian. It's Julian. Okay, okay, it's Julian, you know. So and that was cool. Stop it. I think is it Walker? park or walker yep. ranch mm-hmm. so stop there and just i just thought you know what i'm gonna have to i need to change i need to change i just i just wanted to change and like when we stopped change at your the, clothes change my clothes like oh, my shirt and my okay. socks so when we stopped at the halfway point um with ken and and the other female i didn't check my feet which is not like me because i i just got in the habit of whatever mileage we're doing halfway i'm checking my feet i want to make sure my feet are good i'm scared you know but i need to check my feet i need to make sure that that i'm okay and i didn't do that and i'm not sure i think that me and rebecca had said to each other when we stop let's not stop for too long because we knew we're carrying an extra load and we're going further so we don't need to stop as long Mm -hmm. so when we saw you that was the perfect time to you know to change because i was like okay i need i need i need a mental i need a mental change right now so yeah good good. that's very good did you go ahead no so and i remember you telling me you know rachel just put your head down and just go and you got this you know and and we're and i did right i put put back on my gangster rap and i'm and i'm just like okay i'm going i'm gone right and then there comes a point where i'm like fuck how long is this going to keep going and then i thought no wonder why julian told me rachel you got a little ways to go but you can do it like no wonder because i was at that point where i'm like damn this is just this is not going to end it's just not going to end you know Uh and then uh yeah so the rest is history but you know what i think would have helped if you had never did you track your mileage when you did it so you guys knew exactly, like, oh, we're at 18 miles. I didn't, but Rebecca did. And she would tell you how far you guys were? When I'd ask, yeah. Rebecca and AJ did. You Next, if if you ever decide to do something like this again, don't track your mileage. Why? Because in your head, when you hear you're only at 12 miles, you're like, God, I have another 14. Yeah. So when me and Gretchen did ours, it was just get to this point, then worry about getting to the next point. The mileage doesn't matter. It'll add up in the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you hear like, fuck, I got eight miles left. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know. But I guess at the same time, I just I just want to know where am I at. Yeah, that's true. I so, can see that. I don't know. I, I hear your point, but I don't know. So, um. So, it was good. good. It was good. You know, it was hard. Um, not going to lie. It was hard. Um, and I feel like more it comes down to the mental part. Oh, for sure. At the end. At for the sure. end when you're tired, it becomes to the mental part. I think all of it. Yeah, I think absolutely. all of it. Mentally, yeah. you have to be mentally strong to finish, right? Yes. But, but to do something like this, it, and this, you're an extraordinary person for doing it. 
things. But you're not an extraordinary person outside of doing it. Does that make sense? So I'm good, like, but like I'm this. not that good? Like this. Is that what you're saying to me right All now? All the people at the gym mm -hmm. are extraordinary people. Yes. But realistically, if other people who aren't doing something like this just try and just put in the effort to train for it, you could do it. No. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, initially, you if I told you, right, before you started training, Rachel... Let's. I'm gonna throw 35 pounds in your back, and you're gonna walk 26 miles. You would have been like, no chance in hell, right? You, maybe like I can do it if I. But there's no way. That sounds so hard. But then when you're like, let me put my mind to it. Let me train. Boom. Yeah. You did it. You know what I mean? Right. I think more people need to realize that they have the opportunity to be extraordinary. If they as, want to. If they want to. Yeah. As long as they put themselves out there. Now, let me ask you something. What's up? Oh, I was going to mention, the reason, my assumption is, the reason your feet hurt and the feet, your feet hurt so early is because of the added weight. You were training with 20 pounds. 25 pounds. 25. Yeah. So to do something that you didn't train for yeah. is going to have a big impact on your feet. An extra 10 yeah. pounds yeah. on every foot strike yeah. is going to make a big difference. Yeah, like, for I example, agree with that. And uh, you know, and I agree with that. Um, and and realistically, yeah, I probably should have been training with thirty five from the get go, but I just chose not to. Yeah. Um, I just thought outside of the military, I haven't walked this far, right? I mean, we call it marching in the military, but here it's it's rucking, right? But I haven't walked this far, so let me just make sure that. I can do that yeah. because I haven't mm -hmm. done it. Not that I can't do it. Uh -huh. I just haven't done it, yeah. you know? Uh -huh. So that was more of my thing was let me just make sure mentally that I can keep hitting those miles and I can do those miles. For the weight, um, yeah, it, it's going to suck. And I knew it was going to suck, but I just thought I'm going to do it at the end. Yeah. Let's see how much grit I have. Hell yeah. I'm going to do it at the end because I know I signed up for this and – I trained for this, so I'm getting it done, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I waited to the end. And then also I knew, like going to Bataan, right? When I read the article, it said that at least 10,000 people signed up for this event. Uh -huh. They didn't cap the event. Uh -huh. So I thought, you know what, when it's game day, my mind frame is just going to be like, let's go, yep. right? And then seeing all these people, it was, it was just going to hype me up. I knew Absolutely. my adrenaline was going to be pumping. Yeah. So I just thought, you know what? I'm not worried about it. I'll just hit it. So whenever I had gone to, I uh, got my pack from REI. So whenever I went back to get it readjusted, I didn't know I could tighten it in places that could be tightened. Mm, yeah. So that helped. And then good, also, good. shout out to Scott Carter. He helped me with my ruck. He, um, Brandon had a digital scale, so me and Scott were weighing like little weights yeah. to see how much this scale was going to be on or off, right? And then adding some weights to my bag. So gotcha. Scott was like, hey, go home, take this out. I had rice. All I had was rice in my bag. So he's like, take it out, readjust it, you know, and strap these straps here and add the weights and you're going to be fine. Yeah. So when I did that, my pack felt completely different mm. completely different and that added a boost of confidence to what i needed it so was just like okay i got this like the, i have no issue with 35 pounds the positioning in your pack the the positioning of the weight in your pack the, the distribution difference. helped yeah. tremendously yeah absolutely because before i was like oh yeah let's just stuff this shit in there yeah, you know yeah. i wasn't thinking about 
how should it be distributed. Yes. So that definitely helped. And how, how, how did you distribute it? Along your back? Along my back, yeah. Before, okay. I was just like, here's a 10-pound bag, here's a 10-pound bag, yeah. and then putting the two five-pound five bags on top of that. When this time, I laid the two tens flat and then had George, had my husband sit on them to flatten them out and then put the five-pound bags on top of those to flatten gotcha. them out and then we were tightening the straps gotcha gotcha yeah so the pack was staying as compact and close to your body essentially as right possible. which before it wasn't and that's why it was feeling like you know 50 pounds when it actually wasn't so so had you ever done anything um of this magnitude even while you were in the army um no we only when i say uh, marching is I mean it's like road marching or training it was really only basic training uh -huh. when when we did anything of that sort I mean we would do it in the um, like in the I mean it's not a forest I mean it's like hills in South Carolina that's where my basic was so that's where we would go and do our marches and stuff and sand we had a lot of sand to go through uh -huh. I have uh, I still have shin splints from that shit but really yeah but that was heavy that was heavy I mean because you got all your gear on you've got a weighted um, vest on and then you've got your rug and you've got you have to have all this stuff in there so like in case you have to camp you know you have all this stuff in there and so plus how much your rifle and your and um, and also I was the guide on bear so what the guide on bear, okay, so like in basic you have platoons, like you have, you know, a platoon of like maybe 12, 16 people. So when you're marching or in your information, you have your platoon and then you have the guide on bear and then you have the drill sergeant. So I was the guide on bear because of course I'm always the smallest person. So huh. information is small to large okay. and then you get the drill sergeant that's leading but the drill sergeant's got to be so many steps ahead of the formation gotcha. and then so in between those two is me the guide on bear. Okay. So I've got to be in step with the drill sergeant at all times. So whether if it's on the road, if it's in the dirt, it's in the sand, I've got to be in step with that guy. So and they walk fucking fast. You know, they walk really fast. And, of course, they're bigger than, like, all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. And usually, and I think my uh, my drill sergeants were infantry. So, I think infantry guys versus support guys for the military is a different mind frame. Ah. So, yeah. You're going to step it out. Oh, gotcha. you're going to step it out. Yeah. What was the, the weight of the packs and how big were the packs you used to carry in the I, Honestly, marches? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. I have no clue. You think heavier than 35 pounds for sure? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But we never did... But we never walked for 26 miles, though. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that extreme. Okay. Um, I think probably, like, for infantry guys, they're going to do that because they're going to be deployed and they're going to hit situations that they need to be ready for at all times. But yeah. But for basic, no. We gotcha. That shit. Yeah. You and JR are similar. You How? Because you guys do these marches, but you guys are both about the same size as your pack. It's <laughs> 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 all the same. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, so where does the story of like, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the interesting, interesting stuff, you know, like what interesting stuff. I'm boring. No, I you're not. I see everybody individual. Say, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like well, I, I already know what you're going to say. What? What? Everybody says that, you know, you and JR are like the only two people I know that ever want to talk about themselves. No, no, but hold on. But it's just, but JR, I love you, JR. I love JR to pieces, man. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's. It's interesting to share stories. I think that's I think that's what keeps us human, right? Like sharing stories, sharing experiences, 
understanding that you are unique, that you are interesting. You want to say that you're boring. I think so. And you're, you're, let's look. Okay, you're, what's up? You're, right now, we go through times where our life is boring. But as a whole, yeah. no way. Everybody's no way. interesting. Okay. Where are you from? Where were you born and raised? Okay, so, here comes the boring part. No, just um, So, I'm from New Mexico. Okay. You ever you're, been to... Born, I'm born and raised in New Mexico. I've been to Albuquerque. I've drove through New Mexico. Okay. Um, I've been through Albuquerque and then west of Albuquerque, I went through like this mountain range. Okay. Where I got caught in a bad blizzard. I don't remember where it was. So in Albuquerque, did you go like to the UFC ring and practice and fight? No, uh, oh, okay. I heard there is one there, though, right? Yeah. No, I That's went where there. John Jones trains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that near where you were? No. Oh, okay. Not at all. So what part of uh, New Mexico are you from? Okay, so. Okay, so New Mexico, right? New Mexico is part of the four states that have the... The corners? Yeah, the corners. Yes. Which state is it? The top right or the bottom right? For New Mexico? Yeah. The bottom... Right? Bottom right, yes. And then what is it? Oh, no, is bottom... Is it the bottom right? Yeah. And then the it's top... the four corners. Yeah, so what does it go? It goes New Mexico in the bottom right. What's in the bottom left? Utah? Colorado. Col no, it's not Colorado. Arizona? Look on the map. <laughs> I don't even Look know. on your map. I know. Oh my gosh. It's Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada. Nevada's on the bottom left. I think it's. I think it's. Wait a minute. We, we're so sad. We don't even know. I, know, I don't even know when I'm from there, Jesus, right? Jesus, how embarrassing. You got Google Maps? Just zoom out on the map and you can see it. Damn, how embarrassing. Colorado, Utah, Arizona. So, what is New the Mexico? position? Of each. I didn't look at that. I just got the states. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on, girl. You got Google Maps on your phone or Apple? I was looking at the, at the article. <laughs> Why are you reading the article? <laughs> we need to look at a map here. Hold on. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. I got Sorry, somebody. I wasn't prepared. Okay, look, it's Utah. Colorado. Utah, where? In what position? The top left. The top left is Utah. Yes. Okay. And then the top right is Colorado. Top. Then the bottom left is Arizona, and the bottom right is New Mexico. Gotcha. Yep. So. So New Mexico, right? So, the top half of the state is more hills, mountains, trees, bigger wildlife. Versus the bottom of the state is flat. Desert. Desert, cactus, dry. It's similar to West Texas. Yeah. So where did you live? The southeastern corner. Ugh, so you lived in desert, huh? Desert, yeah. Really? And not desert like Arizona, not like that kind of desert, but in the state. Yeah. yeah. It's more. Um, so I'm, so the southeastern corner, yeah. So I was born and raised, I was born in Hobbs and... Um, I think we stayed there till I was, I don't know, second grade, third grade, and then we moved, and then uh, we went to Artesia. So it's a small town. I'm from a small town, and it's uh, just surrounded by little small towns. So mm -hmm. Artesia and Hobbs are more known for gas and for oil, mm -hmm. right? And then you've got Carlsbad that's known for Carlsbad Caverns. 
and then north is Roswell, and that's known for Roswell, the aliens, for the alien landing, yeah, yeah or the alien crash, the crash, the, crash, the Roswell incident, say. yeah, the Roswell incident. Uh huh. So, um, the bigger two cities that New Mexico has is Las Cruces and Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and that's where you know New Mexico State and New Mexico University are. Um, I think that those two cities are probably, you know, like they have more growth than any parts of the state because of, you, you know, like the college students that yeah, yeah. come in and out and um, the rest part, the rest part of the state is slower pace compared to Texas. It's a slow pace. Um, things don't change very often. There's not a lot of growth. So it's laid back. It's the cost of living is, is cheaper there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, what did you grow up? What did you grow up doing? You grew up like what? Playing in the sand, <laughs> drawing flowers, outside, drinking, so. drinking tap water from oh the hose. What's the deal? Yeah, actually, yeah, I had trampoline <laughs> and um, actually, so I played outside a lot. Um, I was a tomboy. I've uh-huh. always been like tomboy-ish, you uh-huh. know. So, and on our street, I had nothing but boys. There was one girl, but she was older than me. She was uh-huh. 14, you know, whenever okay. we had moved down to our block. So I always had to play with the boys, dude. We were always outside playing football and, like, baseball and hide-and-go-seek and riding our bikes and doing fireworks and just, you know, just whatever we could get into. Uh-huh. I always played with the boys. Like, I ran my block, which is uh-huh. kind of a surprise. <laughs> but I ran that shit, so, yeah. And then, so then you went to high school there? In- went to high school there. Um, so my town is, it's small. I think it's small. So it, it probably ranges from, I don't know, 10,000 to 11,000. Okay. Um, so it's pretty small. When, when I think of that town, I think of, it's like a, it's like a soap opera. The town is a soap opera to me. In what dude. ways? In what explain. ways of, it's, there's not a lot of growth, right? It's not okay. a lot of growth, right? So a lot of people are very narrow-minded. They don't get out. So there's no outlook on mm-hmm. life like what else is out there besides mm-hmm. what's possible what's possible you know there there is none of that so, so their idea is whatever jobs are going on here this is what it is yeah exactly so um a lot of drama a lot of everybody knows everybody's business uh. you know like talk about you sleep with and sleeping with other partners behind other partners backs i mean it's just a bunch of it's a bunch of nonsense, mm-hmm. right? So, like I said, you've got the oil in, the oil that's pretty popular in that area. So a lot of the guys work there. Um, the There used to be a lot of agriculture and a lot of dairy, but that's kind of fallen out, you know, in recent years. And then also Flexi's there. You ever heard of a Flexi before? No, what is that? So it's a federal law. Flex Seal. So oh, you're talking about Flex Seal. Flexi. Flexi. Flex Seal, you spray this on your boat and you can make it waterproof. <laughs> no? I've never Fix heard of that. any pot if there's a crack. Flex Seal. <laughs> you haven't seen the commercials? No, I hate commercials. <laughs> I don't watch commercials, dude. I okay, hate sorry. commercials what? and I hate fucking mail. So, uh, <laughs> right, so, so, what is Flex so Flex Seal is a federal law enforcement training center. So that's yeah. there. So they train for different, they have a campus and they train different programs. Um, off the top of my head, it's like, Border Patrol, Indian Bureau, Air Marshals, Fire Marshals. So they're always having trainees that are coming in and out of the area. So that helps the economy. Oh, okay. Go, um, say consistent. Um, I've heard that they've previously held some immigrants there, like a few years ago, when Ugh. the immigrants were coming in as the big flow. 
Um, I heard that they were housing some of the immigrants. Um, so that, that helps the economy. But other than that, there's really, there's really not a lot that goes on there. How far are you from the closest major city? Because I know Las Cruces is in the bottom south uh west or sorry southeast corner as well right south it's more it's kind of more in the middle but more to the west so las cruces is maybe maybe four hours from oh, okay. artesia and then so south the, of that would be el paso yes yeah, so how close are you so to four, el paso four hours everything's four hours dude. Oh, and then albuquerque would be four hours uh, lubbock would be like three and a half okay midland odessa three and a half oh, okay yeah so yeah yeah it's all pretty close oil, to west texas it's oil all fields oil fields all oil fields exactly yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. So what made you think of uh, like deciding to leave that and join uh, the, military? the military? Okay. So I think it was my senior year mm -hmm. of high school. So meth hits my town. Oh. And it hits fucking hard. Really? Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's a small town, right? So what do you do when you're in high school? You party. Right. Uh -huh. You know, like we had house parties, we'd go out into the country and, you know, the guys were always hunting. So we'd always find like cool places to stash and hang out. Um, so, yeah, meth became the drug of choice for people. And it wow. was very interesting because everybody was hooked on this shit. I Whoa. mean, everybody. It was ridiculous. I mean, people that I went to school with, like people that are younger than me, people that are older than me, like and then even people that are young adults like meaning they've already graduated yep. they haven't left or they're brought back for some reason everybody's hooked on this shit dude whoa and uh i never touched it and what uh, year was this around what year were you graduating ooh, in the end of high school 2002 okay so, so early 2000s yeah early 2000s so um at that time you know i'm a senior and i didn't know what i wanted to do i had no clue i just know i'm graduating so what am i going to do was college an option um well i mean if i paid for it yes um but did i have the money for it not really um i remember applying for scholarships and you know writing essays and getting help and i had that but but mentally i wasn't ready and i didn't even know what i wanted to do you know mm -hmm. so that I just knew that college wasn't I wasn't ready yet. Okay. So so in this town, right, I feel that if you don't get out, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then even if you do get out, there are some people that get drawn back in and then they never leave. Because that's comfort, right? Because home it's comfort. Because home is comfort. So I saw all of that and luckily those were bad role models but i learned from that yeah right and mm -hmm. it's cool because you can learn from good and you can learn from bad so yeah. that was bad and at that time i thought you know what i don't want to do that like i don't want to be that person i yep. don't want to be stuck here i've already graduated but i'm still here hanging out with these high school kids um i don't want to be a female that's sleeping around with these guys having different kids by different guys i don't mm, want to yeah i don't want to be working at the local grocery store living with my parents i just and that's kind of a lot of what you saw in this small town because it's comfort and i just i didn't want to do that so i'm thinking i gotta get the fuck out of here because i don't want to be stuck here yeah so the military was my option uh. that was my way out like i'm gonna get the fuck out of here and also so what helped was that during my senior year my cousin on my dad's side she was in the military and she was in anchorage she was in alaska 
So I'm contacting her like, hey, I have questions, you know, like, what do you do about this? Or what do you do about that? What, what options do I have? So I had confided in her, you know, to feel at ease about the, the choice that I was about to make that's going to change my life. I don't know if it's going to change it for good or for bad, but this is my way out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then on the flip side of that, I come from a broken home. So my folks divorced when I was in junior high school. Okay. So I'm only child. And that just crushed me. Uh, I took that pretty hard. And, and looking back, I think that it would have been easier, an easier transition if there was communication. Mm -hmm. So I think the generations that my family probably is in, right? But then also our culture, Hispanic culture is, you know, we don't talk about things, yep. shit happens yep. and you just deal go with it and you deal with it yep. and you don't talk about it. You yep. know, there's that aspect that that happens. Absolutely. And I think that my parents are, or my parents are victims of that. Like, and I'm sure that my parents did the best that they could looking back at my grandparents and hearing stories and talking to my grandparents you know and now having and being an adult and now being able to see the other side you know so yeah i just didn't have a good home front you know it was just horrible it mm -hmm. was horrible um so my mom my mom checked out you know she was like oh i'm gonna be single i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna party i'm gonna be out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm going to party. I'm going to mm -hmm. take trips with my friends, and I'm going to shop, and I'm just going to do me, you know? So, and I was <laughs> not included in that. So, although she had the responsibilities of a child, but or a younger adult. A younger adult, yeah. but, you she know. She kind of just did her she thing. She just did, her, did mm -hmm. her thing, and I don't understand, and, um, you know, that's a whole other thing, but, and then, so my dad, my dad raised me for the most part, you know? Um, and he did the best he could. And then there comes a point where he's lonely, you know, mm -hmm. so he meets somebody and, and it's all good at first, you know, you know, she's, she's nice and it's new and, um, she has kids of her own. And then the relationship turns to, well, we want to get serious. You know, we want to move in together. We're going to blend our families and it's going to work. And, you know, actually, no, it's just not going to work. It's uh -huh. not going to work for me. Um, because again, we don't have communication. You're forcing something down my throat that I don't understand and that I don't want, you know? So, and me and my stepmom, dude, oh geez, it, it's, it's been so rough. It has really? been rough, but it's better now. It's way yeah, better. Yeah. It's, it, we've actually done a 360, Good. but, um, and poor her, you know, um, my anger issues went towards her because she was taking my dad from me. Yep. But she wasn't, but I felt like she yep. was. And and he was my security blanket. He was all I had because yep. I felt abandoned issues from over here. Mm -hmm. So that was that was my rock. Yep. And now you're taking my rock from me. At you least know? so you thought. So I thought. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, so that so that was very rough. So anyways, I'm being bounced between between both parents, you know? Um so again, not being happy in the town that I'm in, there's no growth, there's no communication, there's nothing stable. So that was my way out and boom, decided. I'm out. And I never looked back. And yeah. I have never looked back, yeah. So.
So, and so it's the best decision. The best decision of my absolutely. life was to join the military and just and get out and just find my own path. What's very fascinating to me is um, we see a lot of people, like you're saying, the people who get stuck in these small towns, not realizing what's what's um, what is out there for them to essentially take themselves out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. but not realizing, like you know, the people they they love to stay in their comfort zone, but not realizing that. They will find out who they are. Um, they will find out um, what they're capable of, but also um, what they want to do with their life and be happy by leaving comfort. Like it sounds, it sounds weird, right? Leave where you're comfortable to be happy. Yeah. Because we think, oh, comfort is is what makes us happy. But I don't necessarily think so. Like in your case, right? You want to get out of what you're. Maybe it wasn't comfortable for you, yeah. but it was what you were used to. Right. And you threw yourself into the unknown. Right. But then it, it allowed you to realize I wasn't happy in the unknown. Yeah. Even though it was something that I was used to. I right. wasn't happy. Right. So getting out of that allowed me to venture off, find out who I am, find happiness, find um, maybe not necessarily love is in a sense of like intimate love, but find love from a community outside of what I'm used to. Love, uh, uh, find people who... I can relate to and all this and I think um, getting out is a big part of that yeah absolutely so what was your job in in the military when you joined what first off initially joining Mm -hmm. was there something that you planned to do that you didn't do or did you go in doing what you wanted to do no so because so I joined maybe a semester after I graduated high school high school yes so so what within about six months so about six months i was gone gotcha. and uh so because i was so desperate to get out i didn't care what i did mm. and i mean i found my recruiter and he had and there was actually some other guys that were joining around the same time so it was cool we kind of went through that process together um but i didn't care what i did like i just went out out of, I was it, I out of your town, out of, out of your town, current out of situation. My current situation. I just want to get the fuck out of here. Yep. So I didn't think of it. I didn't plan it. I didn't strategize it. Like I probably should have. Where it's like, hey, I'm going into this, and give me the bang for my buck. Yeah. Where what I want the best job. I want the best duty station. I want the you know a bigger bonus. Like I didn't go into into it asking for those things. I was just like, I'm in the situation. And I just need to get out of here. So I didn't even care. So anyway, so my first four years of the military was active duty, and um, I was actually a cook. Interesting. Yeah, so it was cool. I mean, like, and I don't even care. I mean, honestly, whatever you do in the military, you're going to learn something from it, you know, unless you want to be, you know, an officer or unless you want to be in this for long term, you know, or you have a specific goal, like you want to be a doctor, you know, like then there's certain things you're going to ask for, you know. Uh-huh, but yeah. for me, it was just like, you know what, I don't care. Like, again, I just want to get out. So, yeah, I was a cook. And uh, how, how come none of those – how come you haven't cooked me anything? None of those, <laughs> You've never asked none me. None of those skills. Yes, have- sir, I'm spraying my Lysol, <laughs> and I got to check your fever before I enter your house. Yeah. I don't know no, you got no just, COVID-19. I, know. I know you work never, in town. We've never just been like, hey, let's cook one day, you know? We've just well, let's, get to, let's get to it. I've cooked okay. you Korean barbecue, and now's your turn. What do you yeah, got? What do you true. got? That's true. Hey, you came to my birthday party I had a few years ago. You I did. Had, like, you had some good food. I had some good food. Fair I had, enough. like, brisket. And, fair enough, fair enough. You know, <laughs> some beans. I remember I had some salsa. I had some stuff. So, I mean, we'll get to that. But, 
Um, so yeah, I, did, I was a cook, and uh, so like my first duty station, I was at Fort Seal. Where so is that that's at? The home of artillery. It's in Oklahoma. Okay. So it's in Lawton, and that was interesting. So uh, I actually worked in a prison. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Military prison? Military prison. Interesting. I didn't even know there was military prisons at this point, but there is. You know, there's high security and there's minimum security, and I worked in a minimum security one. Okay. So, like, the higher one is in Leavenworth in Kansas, and then the minimum is here at Fort Seal. Um, so that was cool. Like, it was very different. I didn't expect <clears throat> to come out of training and work in a prison. Okay. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'm going to be in the field and, like, be on MASH, right? Where you see all these people coming to get food. Yeah. Okay. That's, what I, that's what I thought. So, but, yeah, that kind of wasn't my first experience. But um, it was interesting. You know, you're always you're always on display, you know, working in, in, in a prison. You know, mm. it's always like, I remember like 2-2 going through Segway, going through the security. And then, um, you know, there's always specific procedures that have to be in place because they're inmates. Yes, they're military, but they're also inmates. Yeah. So, like, the knives, the sharp utensils, potato pillars, like, anything sharp is going to be kept in a locked cabinet ah. so every morning you know you've got to walk with um the guards and they've got to unlock everything that you need that's critical and then lock everything everything always has to be counted every single day yeah um to make sure everything's locked up and whatever so it was cool it how was long, different how long were you there for uh two years and then and then i went to south korea from yeah there. so how, how did that come about how did the you get a station in South Korea come about, and what so, did you do there? So I just got I just got an assignment to go there. So ended up going there, and again as a cook. So at Fort Seal, that was I was in a military police brigade, and then when I go to Korea and South Korea, I'm in military intelligence. So and that's actually where I met my husband. But um, so I was in military intelligence, and and it's cool. Like it's a completely different setting. It's still you're cooking, but you have a lot of the Korean nationals that work with you. Mm. So so in reality, <clears throat> they're the stationary, right? Like they're the ones that make that that make the operation go. Yeah. Because we go for a year you know, two years maybe, and then we're gone. So they do the majority of everything. We're there to do paperwork, make sure everything's being cleaned properly. Um, We're doing, taking inventory, you know, we're handling the budget of, you know, the rations of what needs to inventory, what needs to be ordered. We do mostly that stuff. Okay. So that's pretty much what I did there. So I've never had any field time per se mm-hmm. i've always just had <clears throat> behind the scenes yeah i've always been just like the operation yeah person so um but south korea was cool at you- first at first i was homesick right because i've never been that far away from home yeah. i mean i've been to mexico plenty of times but of course but this have. was shut up right? <laughs> yeah i've been there i've been to mexico and i will not fucking go back that's a, that's that's another thing we'll get on to that oh hell no but uh I know I'm Mexican, that's bad. But, uh, but yeah, it was cool. You know, at first you're just like so far away from home, you know, and you're just like, fuck, I'm in this foreign country. This country stinks. Like, what is that smell? Everything just looks so different, you know. But once things just got so much better, once I just let go yeah. and just said, you know what, it is what it is. So I embrace, Live in the moment. Live in the moment, embrace their culture, 
and it was actually bomb dude that's amazing i loved it so the koreans that worked there stationary they became my family oh absolutely. and out of all the americans gis we call americans gis out of all of them dude it was me dude that was like you know what i'm going with the koreans bye Mm. like i don't want to hang out so i mean i i hung out with gis all the time but but for certain things i would go with them like they were so cool man They'd invite me to their houses, you know, uh, and they'd cook. Yeah. And it's just so cool when you go into their house. Like, they have slippers because they don't wear shoes uh-huh. in their houses at all. So uh-huh. it's only slippers or it's socks. And you sit on the floor. Like, they give you uh. a little cushion. So you're sitting on the floor and you're at the table eating. And, you know, their drink of choice is soju. That's their liquor that they drink. So I remember um, we call them Odishis. So Odishis are older men, right? And Ajimas are older women. Uh-huh. So I remember like Odishis, they'd be like, hey, you want to come for dinner? And I'm like, okay. So they pick me up at the gate and they have vehicles. I don't drive because I'm an E4 at this time. So I don't drive. I'm a specialist. So they pick me up and we go get me some flavored soju. I always like the flavored soju because it's not as strong, Okay. you know, and uh, we'd go to their house and we would eat and just hang out. And then, you know, usually their spouses don't speak as much English if they speak English so they were always translating you know mm, gotcha. for me to the other relatives that were there or their friends and then they'd take me back and you know drop me off at the gate and I just walked back to my barracks or um and it was cool man I got to see uh different sides of South Korea I feel like if I didn't know them you know yeah, if I didn't absolutely. open up to them so they would take me skiing they took me to amusement parks they would take me to the beaches and it was way cool yeah way cool Yes. And this all came about when you decided, you know what? I'm going to embrace this culture. I'm going to go out, meet people. Yep. See what's up. Yep. And they would take me um, shopping. So, so back to the skiing part, right? So we went to a, a little ski resort and it was so cool. It is midnight and we're skiing. Wow. Midnight. Like I've never I've never done that before. Like here uh-huh. I go skiing in Rito, so it's during the day, you know, the lifts are gonna close at five, but here the lifts open at five and they close at like two or three in the morning. Uh-huh. So it's so cool, like all these lights are lit up. Yeah. And uh and then they had music on the intercom. So it's so cool. I'm over here like jamming out, you know, like yeah. I don't remember what was on, like NSYNC or like Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake, some random random music, but you know, it's just so cool. Like it's an experience. Absolutely. You know, and I'm in this foreign country with these foreign people, but they're just like embracing me. You know, uh-huh. like they've known me their whole lives, but they haven't. You know, so cool. And then amusement parks. They have amusement parks. That's rad. Um, Latte World, and there's another one, but I just went to the Latte World one, and it's so cool because the Korean culture are really big on presentation. Mm. So they're flowers, they're decoration, okay, they're yeah. colorful. I mean, the presentation is just astonishing compared to America. Like the airport, yeah, amazing, dude. Really? Amazing. In South Korea? Yes, even in Japan, too. Interesting. The airports are so beautiful. Yeah. And then you come to L.A. and you're like fucking Kmart. Uh-huh. You know, you're like, what the <laughs> hell did I just come into? Yeah. You know? So it's cool. Like, and once in South Korea, so they have good, they have good transportation. Um, the, the roads, they haven't been driving very long. So the roadways are not to the level of ours, but transportation, um, the trains, the subways, the bullet trains, you know, like they haul ass, dude, a two hour trip will take you 45 minutes quick, you know? And it's cool because all of these signs are in Hangul, which is what the Koreans speak. That's their language. And then also in American. So then mm. that way we can get around. Yeah. So once you learn how to 
get around and once you learn to say the important words like how much is this thank you you're welcome you know you learn to negotiate like on prices mm -hmm. and you can get around so it's cool it's way cool the um the the soldiers that you became friends with mm -hmm. did they speak uh, american very well or uh, sorry not american english did they speak english so, fluently and so the soldiers are um i didn't hang out with korean soldiers they're katusas okay um so they I mean, they're there for their duty. Um, their governments ran a little different than ours. So I really didn't befriend any of them. Wait, so who were the soldiers that you befriended? Like soldiers, like Americans. But they lived in... No, no, no. I'm talking about like Koreans. Like the Koreans that I worked with in um, in the defect. In the base. On the base, yeah. You so they're they're the they're the stationary, but they have... But they're in the, in the, in the Korean... Or no, they're, they're like the... contractors. Oh, so they're, they're not in the service. No, they're not in the service. In they're South Korea, right? They're oh, they're just contractors. Yes. Okay. And they run. They pretty much run the base. I mean, oh. we got leadership, military leadership. You know, that's always running things, but they're the ones that are there all the time. They're, but they're not in the. But they're not in the military. Ah, no. okay. No, no, no. Sorry, I should have said that. Did they speak fluent English? Oh yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people in South Korea spoke English. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ah. So it's easy to get around. Yeah. You know, and during the time that we were there, we actually had curfew. And that's kind of weird. But it is what it is. And it was cool. Why is it weird? Well, because I'm thinking, well, we're Americans. Why do we have curfew? Like uh -huh. we're adults. Why do we have curfew? Right. But it was just because of certain things that were going on politically. So you had to get back to base at a certain time. At a certain time, yes. So um, during the week, you've got to be in inside the gate before eleven, and then on week on like Friday, Saturday, you had to be in before uh, before midnight. So if you had, let's say, uh, I, let's say hypothetical situation, mm -hmm. I join the military, I go to Korea, I meet a Korean girl, she lives off base, I can't stay at her place. Ever. Well, I mean, you can, but you just can't be out roaming the streets. Ah. Because if you get caught, the Korean nationals are going to arrest you. Wait, so so I, I can leave base and not come back and they wouldn't... They wouldn't know, no. Oh, but if you're out roaming the streets being stupid and yeah, drinking yeah, yeah. and if you're out there to be seen, yeah, you're going to get picked up. Ah, gotcha. The Korean police are going to pick you up and then they're going to take you to the cells and tie you up and then when um, they're going to call your leadership and your leadership's got to come down and come pick you up. So in Korea, how does the um, the system work as far as like uh, the cities and all that stuff? Um, do they all have curfew as well or is it like here where you can be out in the city at three in the morning oh no you can be out in the city oh, and okay. that was just during that time frame that when we were stationed there. gotcha um so we had gotten out and we had gone back a few years later uh -huh. just two just uh -huh. just for the hell of it and they didn't have curfew anymore oh. so it was just during that time because during that time you know we have a we have bases there in south korea and then the government was deciding, you know what, let's go ahead and expand one base, which was the base we were at, which is called Camp, Camp Humphreys. And all these other little bases that we do have, let's give that back to South Korea. Let's give mm. that back to the government. Gotcha. So, so South Korea, um, so I'm sorry, um, so Camp Humphreys, right? So now we're going to expand this area. So politically, it's a big deal because the people, they're not like us, right? In our lifetime, we can buy three or four houses and not give a shit. Versus them, they're going to buy a piece of property, and that's the property they own for generations, family to family to family. Their relatives are probably buried in the backyard. You know, it's just mm -hmm. completely different than us. Mm -hmm. So they were really upset that 
in their eyes, the United States government is taking this land mm. from us. Mm -hmm. But reality, our government is paying their government for that land to have a base there. To have a base there. But we all know sometimes the government's not as honest as they should mm -hmm. be. So on I, I honestly don't know where the Koreans being subsidized for their land. I mm, don't know. Gotcha. And maybe they weren't and maybe that's why they're so upset. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. So just things that were going on in that nature. So that's why we were having curfew at that time. So which made things interesting because you know, as Americans, we're spoiled and things. Oh, my God. You know, like, why do I have to do this? Yep. And, you know, for, for the local economy, I think curfew was good for them because you have all these little bars everywhere, all these little restaurants, and they're making money. Yeah. Ridiculously. So. You mentioning how Americans kind of just do or at least believe they can do everything what they want and stuff. I was talking to some friends, too, and that somebody was saying that that's going to be the death of Americans is our... Um, um, being so spoiled and our um, our arrogance believing that nobody can tell us what to do yeah. um, just like this coronavirus right like everybody get inside everybody stay quarantined fuck going what they're telling me to stay inside I'm going out like yeah. you know I'm going to the bar nobody could tell me what to do you know right. I want to have fun it's like oh my god I'm gonna go to the beach we really believe we're <laughs> invincible you know right and we're not yeah. So what what so the type of mindset that you had, let me ask. This is a little bit of a deeper question and I want you to kind of think about this before you answer. Okay. Um what type of mindset did you have before joining the military and also um living abroad in another country? What type of mindset did you have um at that time before all this happened and then after? Understanding, like, wow, the world's a big place. People live with different cultures. Were you ever closed-minded when you lived in a small town and then this opened your mind up to the world? Or have you always had this understanding that there were people everywhere in this world and there's not one way to live? Well, I don't know if I was closed-minded. I just... I wasn't exposed to much, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So, to me, closed-minded... I don't know, it might be a little different maybe than what you think, but I mean, a majority of my family is either in New Mexico or Texas, so we've traveled, you know, to different states, mm -hmm. you know, Colorado, Mexico, um, so in that aspect, I knew that there was just more out there, Yeah. and I, and I wanted it, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't know. What did you Pretty learn? What did you learn from being able to live in a different country and experience a different culture? Again, just being open, yeah. right? Because if you're closed, then you're not going to know what possibilities are out there mm -hmm. or what those possibilities can do for you or what lessons that you're going to learn. Yeah. And not and not just... And, and I think maybe culture-wise and people-wise and just situations that you may get into, you know? Uh -huh. You're not going to know. So. Was there anything that you wouldn't do that was a normal staple in Korea that you were just like, not for me? Mm. Any food? Did you try most of the foods they had? Well, okay. So, <clears throat> like, some of the Odishis, right? They're like, hey, let's go to the coast. And I'm like, okay. The Odishis so are the men soldiers? The men. The older men. Okay. The oh, older, the older men. men. Older okay. men. So, go with Odishis and we go, you know, to the coast. Well, they're like, well, what? You want some squid? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, the... 
you know, waitress is going to go grab the squid and it's live mm -hmm. and they're going to cook it right there in front of you and chop off, you know, the legs the and then it throw it in the throw in that hot boiling pot. Boiling pot. Yeah. So I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> but, uh, no, thank you. Do you have some chicken <laughs> or I'll take some rice? Yeah. You know, um, so like I, I wouldn't touch that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. I just I not just cheap. like uh, that's just not how I that's just not how I eat. But no. What else was it like? What was interesting about the Korean culture that you noticed or picked up on? Um, their museums. Okay. They have really awesome museums. Interesting. And I mean, they're. I mean, it's technically they're still at war. You okay. know, it never has been like. It's still there. on. It's still on. Yeah. But, um, but they have lots of war museums. Um, and I like history, so that's pretty cool. And they and they will go into every era, and it's. Like it's just this huge story, and it's so cool. And then even um, we got to do a DMZ tour. What is that? The DMZ. So that's the. Oh, it was a party, right? The DMZ was a political party. No. No, no, it's the border between North and South Korea. Oh. So you get to do a tour, and they'll show you like Whoa. what the tunnels look like, and they'll get, let you go into a certain point, and then you've got to come back out, and then they'll tell you the history, and then like if you ever see online, or I think Trump was there recently, where. He stepped on yep. North Korean side. Yep. You see those little blue houses. Yep, I've and heard about that. And then you see soldiers that are standing, staring, staring at yeah, each that, other. That stuff is fucking real. Yeah, and it's no joke. And it's it's just very different, right? Where it's like, um, turn no, that little mic up so that it's facing. Yeah, gotcha. that's good right there. So there's no. Just want to make sure. There's no like birds. There's no insects. Life that runs through there. So it's kind of like a steel feeling. Really? Yeah, and you're just kind of wait. Like, so even okay. the Koreans, if if the Korean, even if the even if the birds and bugs step onto the line, the North Koreans, pop pop. <laughs> probably they probably, them. Eat them. <laughs> they probably eat them. Who knows? But it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's crazy that those guys have to stand there in their locked yeah position position right? standing still. Yep, on guard. On guard. It's crazy. I mean, don't step forward. You know. So, so I mean, it was just cool to just see. We don't have anything like that here in America. So, I mean, just to see stuff like that, like you hear about it or, you know, you see it on the internet. But, I mean, it's cool to sit there and just go through it and you're like, wow, like this shit is real. Yeah. Like, man, this tension is high. It's like, so it's insane. It's so fascinating. Like with today, like with the availability of information and the access to history and the history books, it's fascinating to me that we still have these issues between countries mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like why can't we just all get along folks yeah. you know yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I, my assumption is yeah of course we're gonna have differences between countries and cultures but at least work towards accepting other countries and cultures rather than this idea that like my country is the right way to do things fuck your country you know right you know whenever um <clears throat> kim jong-un's dad passed and he took over i was i was hopeful that he would change things mm. like let me be better than him yeah you know let me open up my country because you have generations of family that don't know each other yep. but they're separated by this border you know these yeah. people are starving there's no there's nothing you know yeah. so why not be a hero you know mm -hmm. it just didn't happen but yeah but you know i did Maybe see um i did see dog farms in south korea really yeah so they raise dogs to be what eaten to be eaten yeah they'll Whoa. they'll light them on fire 
They'll, and then they'll beat them and then they'll cut them up. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a delicacy for them. Because back in the day, whenever they were at war, the women were forced to eat dog because any other big meat went to the men so they could fight. Wow. That's something I've never heard of that, but yeah. that's something interesting. So it's kind of crazy. So, and actually, um, my Rico Suave here, my little mini pin, he's from South Korea. That guy would be like a little snack. <laughs> That'd be a one half a bite meal right there. Yeah, he's my he's my um, souvenir from South Korea. So you, I brought him over. Did you save him from a dog farm? No, he came from a pet shop from an, from the next town over. So although they have dog, as even though they a have delicacy. dogs to eat, yeah, there's still pet shops. People still have dogs as yeah. pets and all that. Yes, interesting. Yeah. Do they? Do you know if they um, value one breed over another? I'm assuming they do, huh? I'm, a, I'm assuming they do. I don't really know, but I'm assuming that they do. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it has to depend on the size of the dog and the color. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, the yeah, color. They're serious, man. So, so there's basically racism between dogs. <laughs> like I'm not going to eat that dog because it's brown. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So what's yeah. the deal? How did this dog get so huge? So this is Lola. And God her, damn. Hey, you know what? She's fixed. She's fixed. She's a little plumpier than Rachel. And uh, their breed, when they get fixed, they are prone to being overweight. Damn. So she's a little plump. But... That's the plumpest dog I ever done seen in my life. Oh my goodness! Hey, she's cute Bite though. him, Lola. Bite his <laughs> ass. So we're gonna like him. So, so anyway, sorry. Go for it. So what we're talking say? about Mexico, right? So, um, so my dad's side of the family, like my grandparents, are from Mexico, and uh, my dad is actually seventy-three percent Native Indian. And it's sad that I don't know what tribe we come from. We did the, what is it? 23andMe. 23andMe. And all it gives is the region of where our ancestors are from. But it doesn't tell you Mesoamerica. Tribe. Mesoamerica, yeah. What was the region? In Mexico? Yeah. I don't know. It's like diff 10 different states. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I have no clue. But, uh -huh. uh, but anyways, um, so my great-grandparents never met them, right? But my great grandpa ran with Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa, yeah, he was that big commander. Or what? Who was he? Well, he was a Mexican revolutionary. Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. Yes. So he, uh, I think he, I think I was reading about how he had killed a guy because he was messing with his sister. So he killed him. He went on the run. He was outlaw, and then he became um, a general, and then linked up with another general, and they were trying to throw. The president of Mexico at that time. Yeah, I think it was 19, 1906 or some shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he was trying to be more of a dictator and they were trying to overthrow him. But um, so my great grandpa ran with him and my great grandpa got shot in a grocery store during a fight. God damn. Yeah. Survived though. No, he died. Oh, whoa. But it's just crazy. Like, Pancho like, Villa, like, out of all people, like, okay. And your so grandpa cool. was, like, actually part of the war that. I'm not sure. So he just randomly got shot? Well, I mean, he was running with Pancho Villa. I'm not sure. Oh, running with him. Running with him, yeah. Because Pancho Villa had a lot of enemies and fighting yeah. other um, people, like, for territory. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure. You know, it was just a gunfight mm -hmm. in the store. So I'm not sure who they were fighting or to what nature. But You yeah. know what scares me? It's like history, throughout human history, we see repetition of events mm -hmm. 
And if we really think about it, nothing's going to change. Maybe times are changing, but when it comes to the repetition of certain events, it's always going to happen, right? Natural mm -hmm. disasters. Yeah. But not only natural disasters, the rise and fall of certain empires and, you know, countries and ways of life and mm -hmm. it kind of scares me to think like am i gonna live through something like that you know like mm -hmm. a change in power like a big change like a in big power, change you know yeah absolutely like um i know I, this is maybe conspiracies and all this stuff but like you know how like we talk about how the hell did it get to the point of hitler yeah taking over a country yeah but we're seeing now, like, the country's going on lockdown. Everybody stay inside. Like, obviously, like, we're fighting an invisible war right now with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But it kind of makes me think, like, what if this is the start of, like, new world order, you know? Like, what if there's going to be a rise and a fall during our lifetime? Or You never know. know. That stuff is so scary to think about. You never, ever know. And just like, you know, like with Mexico, right? How JR was saying, you know, a lot of these people are terrorists, you know, like the cartels, right? Yeah. And uh, so I can tell you that like years ago, I was still in school and we used to go shopping in Juarez, right? What is, Juarez, Juarez is a border oh, yeah. town uh -huh. for El Paso. Juarez, Mexico. Yeah. And I used to wear contacts and uh, we used to go there and get contacts and we used to get like horse blankets and penicillin. We used to get, you know, certain things there. And uh, I remember we crossed the border and in the entry point, you know, they're checking your vehicle. Well, my dad forgot that he had a loaded gun in the glove compartment. Oh, shit. You know, my uncles had previously gone hunting and my dad forgot about the gun. Dude, I have never been so scared in my really? life. Really? How old were you? Uh, Probably 13, 13, uh -huh. 14. And I just remember the, and I don't even think, they're, they're probably the military police for mm -hmm. Mexico, right? And I remember them speaking Spanish, and I remember them, you know, telling, and I'm in the vehicle, and I remember them telling my dad in Spanish, you know, you're going to have to pay us if you want us to let you go Whoa. and if you don't pay us we're gonna take your daughter and we're gonna sell her holy shit yeah talk about scary guy because i've never been in this situation yeah. you know so my dad ends up paying him and they take his gun and they let us go so he paid him and they still took his gun and then and let they let us go. go yeah let us go god that's the easy way off though yeah realistically yeah absolutely and then i remember we're approaching a light and it's yellow and my dad goes underneath that light. We get pulled over. And the cop, you know, again, he's in Mexico side. So the cop is like, you know, you ran that red light. Did you steal this vehicle? You stole this vehicle. Holy shit. You know? So then the cop's like, well, if you pay me, I'll let you go. Oh, my. So we got to pay this guy. And I remember, I'm in tears. And so I'm in just, one trip, you've already had to pay. one trip. This is <laughs> one trip, right? And I remember being You've already in tears. had to pay Mexican authorities twice. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm just like, Daddy, let's go. Like, I don't need anything. It's okay. We yeah. don't have to do this. Let's just go home. And my dad's, you know, no, we came this far. You know, we're going to get what we need. We're just going to park. We're going to park, and we'll go across, and it'll be better. And I'm like, okay. So that's what we end up doing. And uh, we're coming back across, right? 
and would go through the border patrol area and showing you know our birth certificates because that's all you needed at that time so i remember it's a it's a black female and she tells my dad she u.s or she's u.s uh-huh. border patrol and she tells my dad sir i don't know where you learned your english so well but this birth certificate is not real and my dad's birth certificate's not like mine like mine's a card and it's pretty and it's yeah. got the seal my dad's is like it's a piece of paper you know because it's back of, in the day a lined piece of paper a, written with a crayon written with a crayon I'm born with a little US. flower design <laughs> u.s citizen you know so the lady's like no you know you're from mexico i don't know where you learned your english so well sir but you're gonna have to go and wait in this room Whoa. because we're not letting you go so here we go into this room with our stuff that we had and i remember being in there for three to four hours and a caucasian man comes in he asked my dad a few questions he asked me a few questions and he says you know i am so sorry to bother you and to waste your time but you're free to go wow so that day was a life lesson for me dude that was all in one trip. all in one trip dude i mean talk about exhaustion but um but i learned at that point you know what I'm never coming to Mexico uh-huh. again. Too right? much trouble. It's just too much trouble, and we don't have rights. Mm. And it's just, it's just insane. You know what you can do, and then you pay people and goodbye. Yeah. So, yeah, That's never crazy. again, bro. It's, never again I've, will I go step foot in Mexico. I'm serious. Like you could put me, you could put some suitcase right here uh-huh. with a million bucks cash, and just tell me go over there, and I'm just like, no, I'm not going, bro. No, I think I think I've talked to Jr. about it, but it's it's fascinating how. Um, we hear shoot i just blanked but you were just talking about how um oh no rights no rights how people believe here you know some people here in the united states they take it for granted the rights we have and oh they yeah think, absolutely they think f the united states we we're not treated why we're not treated fair yeah right go to an go to another country and see how they're treated and see how we're treated you know? exactly gives perspective yeah absolutely so what's the deal? What's going on? How are you going to cope with all this staying inside? What do you, you got? I know now you got an assault bike. I dropped your assault bike off. Thank you. Working appreciate out. that. Yep. I, that got a, got? I got a home gym thanks to the Bonzers. Thank you, Bonzers. I appreciate that. Home gym. Yep. I'm expecting you come out of that thing yoked in next week, two weeks. <laughs> you're going to see some monsters and you see some people who just didn't use their equipment watch. Yeah. It's going to happen. It, it, it might. It might. But it'll help. So what do you um, got planned? What do you got planned? I don't have anything planned, dude. It's just home and work. That's all I have planned. You have there. The, your job hasn't talked to you at all about even the possibility of working from home. Well, not until we get the laptops. Oh, okay. Because if we don't have the laptops, we can't do it. Mm. And I mean, since we use certain programs, it's going to be hard for them to. How do we use those programs? We can't have access to them on if, your own laptop. On my own laptop, yeah. And I, I, my assumption purposes. is, yeah, their laptops have to be in co- or uh, closed. What is it called? Closed. Uh, like encryption encryption yeah closed network yep different security measures so Mm. yeah so you're going on monday yep going in tomorrow well thank god i got this podcast out of the way because after this (laughs) so okay so if i happen to you know if i pass because of this virus and you're the only other person that i've seen so i just want to be cremated 
Okay. Spread my ashes. Okay, got yep. you. Where would you like them spread? Uh, maybe some at the gym. At the gym? Maybe Hell no. What I the? Mean, why not? Maybe some outside. I okay, just said outside. Outside. Okay. You're right. And then God damn, that's how to work. Use your oh powder. Use your, use your ashes. Hey, you got any powder? Yeah, here's Rachel's here's, ashes. Here's Rachel's ashes. <laughs> then you go to South Korea. You go to New Mexico. Okay, you, you tell me. Yeah, we'll you make it happen. Yeah, we'll go to certain places and just kind of spread my ashes around. So a little bit South Korea. A little bit New Mexico. Yep. A little bit here. Yep. Where else? Anywhere else? No, I don't think so. Okay. Also, I, I, I'd be content with that. Also, um, because you're going into work Monday, I want you to FaceTime me every day after work. <laughs> I need you to hold your breath on the camera for ten seconds. And if what you cough, what the fuck is that gonna do? Supposedly, supposedly, this could be all. This is probably bro science too. I me, I talk a lot of bro science. You know. Did you read this? Yeah, I read it somewhere okay. online. Okay. And if it's online, it's true. Yeah, obviously. Uh -huh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So somewhere online said that if you hold your breath for 10 seconds, if you cough or if it hurts or you can't do it, it is there is the possibility that um, like um, fibrosis or something of your lungs is has started. And that's one of the first symptoms of the COVID-19 is fibrosis of the lungs. Mm. So every day I'm going to have to have you hold your breath. If you pass... You're free to go, you know, no worries, I won't bother you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't pass, I'm going to call a local San Antonio officer to come inspect. And if he's got to pull a bullet in you, he... Look, oh, so you're going to call JR? <laughs> I'm not doing any names, but listen, we're protecting the community out here, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you don't pass the test, either that or we'll have you put your house on watch, lock all the doors, make sure you stay inside. Mm -hmm. okay? okay, yeah. You know that somebody was confirmed for a Kamal? Yeah, I heard. Andy. Yep, that's great. I heard. I'm sure there's more. Yeah, there's, everywhere. There's for sure more. It's probably nationwide. It's probably been worldwide for a while. Gotcha. They just recently figured it out. Could be. But we'll see where all this ends up. Hopefully, we'll do. This will be our version of the end of the world podcast because <laughs> it's all starting now. But hopefully, in six months, we're able to do another podcast. And we have water, so that's good. That's what do you a good got? Sign. You guys fully stocked up? You guys got food, toilet paper? I got myself a bidet. Nice. We have toilet paper. We're low on paper towels. We only have one roll left. One roll, that's it? Yeah, I was going to ask you to bring me one if you had some spare. I have, yeah, I have some spare, but... I, but I forgot. Just but go to the store if you can't find any. I'll there's none out. at the store. That's why we got one roll. Even paper towels are gone? They are gone, dude. Damn. Paper towels. What about you? Toilet paper. Wash, yeah, you can wash gone. your hands with some... some wipe your hands with a towel. And that is wash true. Them. What about food? You guys got stocked up on food? Yes, we got plenty of food. Yeah. So we're good. I'm not worried. Yeah, good. So we're lucky to be in a place, but it's it's going to be devastating for those who aren't lucky enough to be in a place where they don't have to worry. I know that's going to suck. Scary. All right. Well, any last words? Any words of encouragement? You're a badass. Did Thanks. the ruck? Yep. Thank you for sharing your experience. You're welcome. Thank you for having. Uh, Thanks for having me. I've been putting this off, so I thank know. you. I apologize, Julian. No I'm worries. Sorry. No worries. You're interesting. You know, I didn't know that that you uh, were a cook. I didn't. I didn't get to understand. Oh, I forgot. Okay, so yeah, we talked about me being a cook, right? So to finish that story Go up, we got it. off track. Yeah. So yeah, four years active duty, and then I did four years in the National Guard ah. here in Texas. Actually, here in San Antonio. So um, on that side of the like, the National Guard, I was supply. Okay. Yeah. So that was cool. What did you Something do supply-wise? Um, just checking out ammo, checking out guns, gotcha, gotcha. making sure that our units can functionally function, uh -huh. like when we had drill. So we have drill um, once a month and then two weeks out of the summer. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, um, so that was cool. Just, I've always been the operation side of the military. Yeah. So, it's just interesting. Something different. Yeah. You know? Seeing the, the back end of our world. Seeing the back end. So, um, like I was saying, thank you. You're welcome. Finishing that up as well. Thank you. Um, you're a badass individual. Thanks. You are more interesting than you think. Thanks, Julian. Um, I love the push, and I'm going to continue to scream in your ear, tell you you're being not conquering your, your inner <laughs> bitch, tell you you're being weak. Oh, well, but just you, know, I, I, ex- you know, I expect nothing less of that because I get Good. that all the time from Good. you. So that's cool. Yeah, I think uh, what's next for me, I think, um, I think it's going to be Spartan. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to work on shredding a little bit. Changing uh-huh. my physique. Um, I really wanted to do that part with the women's challenge in the beginning, right when this started in January, but it just did not happen. Yeah. I think I underestimated how much rucking is. Mm. You know, how like, much it takes out. How of much you. it takes out of you and carrying. I knew with I'm gonna have to carry 35 pounds in the future, so there's just no way that I can shred weight because I need that weight. Yeah. You're, you're, you're eating and building your body for performance. Right. So I so that. I needed that. But, yeah, so I think I'm going to switch gears. Um, I think I'm going to try Spartan. And um, I want to try to do a race with Sandra. And Sandra's a badass. So Heck yeah. Also. Heck so yeah. Um, I think that's going to be my next thing. Good. So, what so is you're going to train with us and you can do Spartan with of us? Course. I'll train with whatever y'all want. Okay. I'm always down to train no matter what. Throw so myself into the most uncomfortable So training. I think there's a race that she wants to do in Dallas. And okay. I think she said October. So I okay. think that's perfect timing for me. That's enough time to, you know, definitely if have all the nutrition change in three months and then get my cardio up. Um, if all of this blows over by then. Yeah, hopefully. We'll be positive. So um, is there anything that you have learned about yourself that you think you can share um, to give other people um, potentially a little boost in their morale or, or uh, allowing people giving something that you've learned to yourself that can um, excite people to train themselves or improve or get better I think what I've learned from the female challenge that we just did was just and I know you always tell me to right but it takes me to do something to really understand is that yeah you really can do more than you think you can absolutely because i never would have thought i'm out here doing a marathon with 35 pounds exactly i never thought of that or just never thought of you know doing these small little things that brandon came up with to do yeah like why would i do that or can i do that i don't know so yeah yeah, just pushing myself knowing that you know what i actually can do this stuff or i can do things that i didn't know i could do so that just kind of opens a door you know like if you want it go for it and you complete one task and it opens the opportunity up to so many so many more so absolutely so just being open to new things and just going for it heck yeah well, That's thank cool. you, Rachel. You're Hopefully, welcome. we get to do this again. You're welcome. Hey, we gotta uh, do this. The, the, yeah, I yeah. usually I usually yeah. shake people's yeah. hands, but with uh, that, uh. Got, or no, right foot, left foot, oh. right foot first. Yeah, bam. But we did that. Bam, we did. Okay. So All right. A so double dap. Thanks again, Rachel. You're very welcome. And hopefully, we get to do this again, and we'll um, we'll come revisit um, where you are in your endeavors and uh, how the world and how the world looks. Okay, sounds good. After our Spartan race. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> You're welcome. So that was fun.
Heck yeah.